welcome to a Stable Life podcast. My name is Jennifer Connor. I'm an equine pharmaceutical rep, an owner, breeder, and rider, and I'm here with my co-host, Melinda Furco. Hello, everyone, and I am an equine nutrition consultant. I also am an owner and rider and have done many disciplines over the years, but currently I'm doing lower-level dressage. We're back to talk about behind-the-scenes at a feed store. Have you ever given thought to what happens after you place your feed order? I'm sure Melinda knows about this, but I'm really not sure because I don't really place our feed orders, but I'm sure there's a lot that goes into us getting our feed at the barn. There's a lot that goes into it. And again, working for a feed company, it's definitely something that I come across, but I've realized many horse owners don't realize that your feed store is not Amazon. So we have a a guest here, our first guest ever, which is very exciting. So excited. Very so good. cool. <laughs> so this is Lindsay Bailey, and she owns Neptune Feed and Saddlery out in Calverton, Long Island. I have known Lindsay for 16 years now. Very long time. Long time. I worked with her parents. <laughs> they were actually the first feed store I ever opened as a rep. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I... Became, obviously, they're business partners, but they've also become friends over the years. So I thought it'd be great to have Lindsay give a little insight to all of our listeners and the procedures and practicalities of owning a feed store and what happens from the time you place your order to when the feed is delivered. That's great. Thanks for coming all the oh, way up here. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> so, Lindsay, um, why don't you just give us a little background on yourself? Okay. So, uh, my parents started Neptune um, back in, uh, I believe we legitimately started the company in 1990. Um Everyone always asks how, like, why the name came to be, because it's kind of a funky name. And my dad had a boat trailer business that was Neptune Marine, um, and they were in Nassau County on Long Island. And when the recession hit, they decided to go out east, and they bought a farm um, on eastern Long Island, and there was not a local feed store. So my parents decided that they were going to... um, once a week take drives to the feed store that was up the island and they would get all of their friends feed orders and drive up to um, the feed store in Hicksville and then drive back and deliver everybody's feed that they had given their order for. And my dad thought, well, this, this could be something. There's not a local feed store and the boat trailer business was not doing well. So Neptune Marine was fading And um, he reached out to some feed companies and kind of dipped his toe in the water. And Neptune Marine um, slowly died and Neptune Feeds took its place. Um, So at one point, both businesses were actually operating out of the same location as Neptune Marine was fading and Neptune Feeds was growing. And then Neptune Marine fully went away and harvested into um, what is now Neptune Feed and Saddlery. It's a very, cool. very awesome story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely like the the American dream. I mean, my dad, for sure, uh, there were some rough times, um, especially, you know, definitely uncertain elements there with the recession and nobody really knowing where it was going and, you know, starting this business that there was nothing around to even compare it to. And at that time, there were not that many horses on Eastern Long Island. Um 
and now has turned into we are the biggest feed dealer on Long Island. Yeah, not the case. I mean, there's so many horses on Long yeah, Island currently. For sure. It's a little crazy to think about. There's just so many farms, so many horses. Um, but it's and, cool to hear about a family business that yeah. is still thriving in 2021. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and I owe, I owe everything to where we are and what we've been through, um, to my parents. I mean, I wouldn't be able to have the business and own the business if it weren't for both of my, both of my parents. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's so cool that it turned from boats to horses. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it was kind of cool how we kept the name too. I mean, yeah. you know, Neptune King of the Sea and, you know, kind of turned into, you know, just, it's different and it, yeah. it's always it's unique and people yeah. remember it. I mean, there's so many, um, names that incorporate feed barn, you know, that sort of thing yeah. or Neptune, you say Neptune, people know who you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And our logo is, is kind of timeless. Uh, it's, it's a kind of a horse coming out of a wave. So we kind of were able to keep that like aquatic theme, um, and Which it's is very Long Islandy too. Yeah, it yeah, is very Long Islandy. Really yeah, awesome. for sure. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, what do we need to know? What do people need to know that they've placed their feed orders? And you know, where do we start? <laughs> um, so, I think a lot of people don't understand um, like what actually goes into the mechanics of. Um, of how a feed store operates. So we have, um, we have designated routes for certain days. Um, I have four full-time drivers um, and we have, uh, during our busy year, we have five trucks and during our slower months, we have four and we operate all in box trucks. That's what all of our deliveries come on. I don't do any open trucks ever um, because I don't want to run the risk of any of our products ever getting damaged in transport, the hay getting, getting wet, yeah. um, bags, you know, coming in ripped. So everything is always in a box truck that, that way it's safe. <clears throat> um, but so we've designed these routes and towns to go on certain days and we have a 12 o'clock cutoff. So if you are supposed to, uh, for instance, Tuesdays, our trucks are in the Hamptons. So if you're supposed to get an order on Tuesday, uh, 12 o'clock on Monday is the cutoff. We have a very extensive call list um, that my uh, one of the girls that works for us, Jen, who's been with us for a long time, she is, um, I could not do this without her. She's my right hand. Um, she has a call list of people that she calls every single day. It is an Excel wow. spreadsheet that... I mean, she has it down to barn managers' contacts to standing orders that we have to remember on this spreadsheet wow. that they never have to call. Their order just shows up roughly at the same time that day of the week, every week. It's a very time-consuming <laughs> process. Yeah. But the, if it's standing, that must make it a little easy that you guys know. It is. Week, right? It is, except a lot of times, you know, things happen. People horse show, right. um, you know we get a snowstorm and you go through more shavings or you go through more hay or you happen to get a bad bale of hay. Now that standing order or new horses come in and that standing order gets changed. Right. Well, that barn owner or barn manager might not remember until, you know, four o'clock on a Monday when they're supposed to get their order on Tuesday and tweaks like that 
although uh, to the consumer don't seem like a big deal, what's happening behind the scenes is when an order gets changed or altered or canceled. Um, because our cutoff is at 12, so at 12 o'clock, the papers start to get put in order for that route for the next day. They go into the warehouse to get loaded. The truck is getting loaded in a systematic way based on the paperwork and in which those deliveries are supposed to go. So if that order is now changed, canceled, altered, or something has been added on, that's already loaded in the truck. Now that has to get either loaded in a different spot, the truck has to get rerouted, possibly go back to the same farm twice. Wow. So there's a lot of logistics that go behind that then increases the cost of which my company has paid in expenses for that day. Right. That makes sense. You may have paid the guys an extra hour. Right. So the trickle down effect of that. So we try to, we try to hardly ever do we say no. I always try to make it work. I don't ever want to leave the customer without, but just, you know, having a little bit of a understanding from the consumer that what this has now just caused, you know, so this is why like, if you can buy a bag of feed that's 50 cents cheaper from somebody down the road, you're not going to get that service though. You're not going to call in at four o'clock because, uh, you know, Sally just, horses just showed up from a horse show a day early and, you know, needs a bag of feed for tomorrow that we're going to make it happen. Yeah, that's excellent. Regardless of, you know, what that means on the backside of that, I'm now paying, you know, drivers to go out of their way or it's more fuel. It's, you know, guys in the warehouse staying late. That causes, again, more expenses for me. But at the end of the day, I'm always going to try to do, you know, what is best for the customer, best for their horse. And I truly feel that that is what separates, you know, my business from everybody else on Long Island. And I think that's why we've been able to be so successful and why our reputation is usually better than others because of our customer service. And I've, I'm going to start taking this master class. And I, I started listening to it a little bit and it talked about service equals sales. And I know for me personally, that's definitely how my philosophy is. But I do think that's why Neptune is so successful it is a pain in the butt to do a lot of these things. It isn't always cost effective, but I think in their case, service does equal sales. People are sometimes willing to spend more if they have to because they know Lindsay's going to take care of it. And when you're have tons of horses, it's a lot of work. We all know your horse showing you. Maybe you need to leave at five a.m. You need to have an extra bag of feed, knowing that she'll deliver it and she'll make your life easier is worth everything. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. And I really, I feel truly blessed that, I mean, my staff is phenomenal. I mean, I, each and every one of them, I mean, we have to the guys in the warehouse, to the girls in the store. I mean, we have a great staff and we have a very, very well-oiled machine. And, you know, I mean, for instance, like Jen, who's this call list, I mean, like that's a lot to put on her and responsibility every single day to make sure that every single one of those customers gets a phone call, email, text, standing order, who to contact, when that contact changes. I mean, it's it's extensive and she does an excellent job. And I mean, what other, like life happens, especially with COVID, you know, our lives have changed drastically in so many ways. And on the farm. And on the farm, yes. right? So, so many changes on the Having that reminder phone call, hey, it's Friday, um, just reminding you, we need your order Monday by 12 in case you forgot to place your order. Um, and 
I truly think that that is very helpful to, you know, to, to just that, especially horse people, we're getting pulled oh. in a thousand different directions every single day. Up here, my parents, had, their guy calls them because I'm pretty sure we wouldn't get feed otherwise yeah. because my mom, I mean, you get you get busy in the barn. Things yeah. happen and you don't ever stop until like you're at the bottom of the bin and you're like, uh, oh, do we have feed coming? And so, you know, and I know nice me as a rep, I have many times had a store or a customer call me and say, yep, I don't have feed for the morning. I'm like, what's well, five o'clock? Yeah. <laughs> Let me see what I can do. And I'll try and find them a bag. I've even drugged my husband up to ride back to deliver Safe Starts Forage because they're like, we're out. Sometimes it's their fault. Sometimes it's the store's fault. Sometimes it's no one's fault. Right. But I think when the rep works with the feed store and you work as a team, again, service equals sales. And we all have been there or we will be there. It's not the horse's fault. Right. They're right. not they're not the ones who's failed to place the order. They're gonna be hungry. Yeah. We don't need a compounding problem here. And that's what it comes down to. And I think I think a big part of it is, you know, my staff has the same mentality that I do, you know, is that we just, we find a way to make it work. And I have some core people that have been with us for a very, very long time. Jeffrey, Jen, I mean, some of our drivers, they've been with us. I mean, we're not just talking like two or three years. I mean, we're talking like, you know, 10, 15 years, these guys have been with us. So they know that, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to just make it happen. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not going to let you go without. And a lot of the customers have my personal cell phone. And are not afraid to use it, regardless. (laughs) Um, You know, but they also know that if they're in a jam, I mean, I'm my boyfriend Tyler. um, You know, he's uh, he's my partner in all of this, and we just we make it work. If we get a phone call or a text message on, you know, eight o'clock on Christmas Eve, and there's the customer forgot that the next day is Christmas Day, and that we're that's one of the holidays that were closed so that my staff can be with their family. Um, you know, you're going to see his pickup truck in your driveway an hour later with your feed. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I mean, and it's, I'm, like I said, I'm very fortunate and blessed that I have these people that, you know, think the same way that I do and have the same mentality and that we're not going to, we're not going to let you go without. Yeah. So let's say you're a horse owner and maybe either you're switching feed companies or even a type of feed within that company, or let's say you're coming back from Florida, what could a customer do to make your life easier and potentially make their lives easier too? So what I've done, um, because I understand that people are busy and you know it is, it is difficult for them to remember and time seems to fly by very quickly, especially the older you get, um, is that if you can give us a solid two to three weeks notice on when you're coming back, what changes that you've made in your feeding program, um, roughly how many horses you have and where you'll be staying. That's the biggest thing because a lot of these horses that are in transition, they left on a certain feed and they come back on a different feed. Sometimes that feed is feed I don't even carry and I have to make it appear in 24 hours, Um, you know, which can be a little bit difficult. We do carry quite a bit of different brands and feeds and can usually have an alternative solution if we don't have it. Um, but just giving us more notice than, you know, a day or two is, is helpful. So, I mean, I'd say two weeks is, is a very generous, that's like a, 
we can a workable time frame that we can make something happen. And do you guys do hay as well as feed? We do. Uh, we do um, feed hay, shavings, and not just equine. We do. We feed everything. Oh wow! Do you with the with the hay and the shavings and the feed? Do you have different distributors or manufacturers or you know different people that you use from that you have to get source from? Like, is that a is that a big part of you know the business is is getting that in and coordinating all of that? Yes, yeah. So um, there's about nine different uh, equine brands that we get from, and all of the ordering for all the feed is done um, by our warehouse manager Jeffrey, who Jeffrey is like a brother to me. I mean, Melinda's known. He's him. amazing. He's yeah, literally he is amazing. Really, like, <laughs> not human. The amount of feed that that man can carry and what he. The lack of sleep that he can work on and operate And he's is... still, like, pretty cheery. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. like, a nice, happy guy. Yeah. Jeff is amazing. That come in and, and pick up feed also? Yes. Yeah. Oh. So we are also brick and mortar and can, you know, we pick up, deliver everything. Our main um, bread and butter is the delivery because, like I said, I we thrive on white glove service. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, do any, we still have plenty of people that come and pick up. But... So Jeff does all of the coordinating as far as the ordering and our stock and inventory and placing orders. But, you know, as we have cutoffs for our deliveries, the same go for our feed companies, that our feed orders have to be placed by a certain time on a certain day, you know, Thursday, and that feed will show up on Tuesday. So if somebody drops the ball that they forgot that they have a special feed that they need and they haven't given it to us and it's, you know we didn't know you were switching or what have you, and you let us know on Friday, well, we've already placed our order, that feed company is not going to let us alter our order. So that means that that customer on our end has to wait a whole nother week for us to be able to even place that order to receive it in-house to get it out to you. Wow. So that's a, we need a lo- so, pretty long leeway to, to switch around. Yeah. So planning is kind of a, you know, a very tricky thing with horse people because generally we like to fly by the seat of our pants and um how often do they change i think it totally depends on the customer i mean we've had some people that have been on the same feeding program for 20 years and some people still believe that whether the horse is three or 30 and whether the horse works or does not work the best thing to do is you give it pellets and sweet feet. That's it. <laughs> um, and some of that's some of our, you know, older school train of thought, but some of these new people, especially the performance horses that are constantly on the road and traveling. I mean, we have horses that change feet. Every I feel like the show months. horse people are the ones that I see change most frequently. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I don't know why that is. If it's just because this showgrounds is oh well they're sponsored by Purina right. and this one's sponsored by Triple Crown and this one's sponsored by Neutrina. I don't know if it's that's the reason yeah. or if it's just the horses have other issues because they're performance horses mm-hmm. and they think that the feed itself is gonna change that. I'm not really sure, but I, I yeah. do think the sport horse people are more likely to change than like your boarding barn yeah. or the backyard. How about the racehorse? What do you see? In, do um, so you we see don't horse? do we don't do a tremendous amount of racehorses. We have a few customers that have racehorses that either they're um, they're babies and they're just out on by us to kind of grow up and do their yeah. thing, or they're retired or they haul them into either Belmont or Aqueduct. But 
I'm not heavy in the resource industry just because we're kind of far from far it. Far from it, yeah. yeah. I would think it's um, And that's another very transient group. Yes. They're in yeah. New York for the summer. They're yeah. in the South for the winter. I mean, we yeah. feed everything, everything to, you know, foals to retirees. Uh, I'd say that our our like sweet spot are probably performance horses and yeah. that's because I ride and show and you know I am pretty out, out there showing quite a bit too so I'm heavy in the performance world so I'm you know is that I, how I you choose it. brown like brands to carry like yes yeah 100% I mean a lot of obviously I'm gonna I want to do what's best for the customer and for my company but I because I have horses and I'm out there doing it myself. Um, I specifically with the horse feed and the tax side of the business as well. It's got to be something that I'm going to want to be either giving or doing to my own horse. And if, if that if if it is not something that I truly believe in or I think that could not be beneficial to my horse, I'm not going to bring it on. Wow. So you also do tax. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. so so much to keep track of. I... <laughs> it is. It is. That's why we have 17 employees. <laughs> um, but it's, and that's, I mean, we have, we do not have a pretty um, building by any means. We are a warehouse in an industrial park, um, but we move a lot of feed and our tax store is inside of that warehouse and it's, uh, it's nothing, it's nothing fancy by by any stroke of a camel's back, <laughs> um, but it's it works. Do do you also do people call you up and need equipment and then you, oh yeah you take we it deliver out your feed yeah we deliver feed. everything anything that we sell anything down to a main comb to a bottle of fly spray to a, a sheet a blanket standing bandages we'll deliver it. Wow. Now, do you think you being a horse owner and a horse person helps in your business? Absolutely, 100%. Especially because I'm so involved in seeing what's what trends are happening. Um, and because I have a firsthand experience on what it actually means to feed your horse every single day at 5 o'clock in the morning to ride, to show, to get it on a horse trailer. Like what stress actually means to an animal and seeing going to a horse show and seeing like the lack of knowledge that people really do have in what they're doing to their horses and how it's affecting them. You know, I mean, so for instance, and my boyfriend Tyler and I always joke about this. Um, when we go and we horse show, my horses are often called like the big sleeping horses because when the TDs and everybody are walking by, my horses are always the ones that are laying down always. And it's because they have shavings up to their eyeballs, you know, and then you have other, but the horses sleep more, they perform better, they're happier, they're less stressed. And then you have other people that only put a bag of shavings in a 12 by 12 stall at a horse show and the horse is never laying down and pawing its way to China. You know, there's a reason for that. Yeah. You know, so the more knowledge that I can bestow upon people, I think that, I think that it's helpful. I mean, not only from a business side, but also that these people then are going to take that knowledge and put forth and have a happier horse. Their horse is going to perform better, feel better. And then it just solidifies that relationship now that I've gained with that customer. Yeah. So, so you do a lot of that. 
um, recommending feeds and stuff. Yes. Like yeah. Melinda's a rep and I know that you go and have clients and you see and you, you support the feed stores, but as a feed store owner, you have to kind of have a, a wealth of knowledge on feed so yes. that you can help kind of push people in certain directions. Yeah. And- yeah. Yeah. We do a lot of, a lot of, uh, like nutritional consulting as well with the help of reps and then independently. Um, I do it myself. Oh. So if there is one thing that you would say to customers, how could they better utilize their local feed store? Again, I think it's giving, um, it's utilizing meaning from... In any way, shape, or form, how could they better utilize their store? I think that if they could um, give the feed store maybe a little bit more credit for again, what goes on on a day-to-day basis and how, you know, if the feed store is trying to do the best that they can by you, giving, being being maybe a touch more gracious for what's actually happening for that feed store to provide the service that they're going to provide for that customer. And I know, like, I come across people where I'm always happy to help my local feed store, even if it's not feed related like maybe i go to a neptune account and i'm like oh you need fly spray why don't you just call Lindsay? oh she'll deliver it yeah she'll just put it on your feed truck and people i think don't think about that they think oh, i'm gonna buy it from smart pack or from yeah. dover or wherever like just have Lindsay send it to you are you getting feed in two days right. yeah. oh yeah think about it yeah and i do think that i mean the 2020 covid year was definitely helpful in that that a lot of the Amazon smart packed over big box stores ran out yeah. or closed, right. yeah. you know? And so we were able, people actually were able to open their eyes to see that like, that's a whole nother sector of our business that people totally either didn't know, forgot, or that we did not, we didn't have. And now that they know that we have it, um, has been very beneficial, but we, you know, just because we're not Amazon or because we're not Dover or SmartPak doesn't mean that we don't do the same thing or sell the same thing. Um, and it all stems back to, I mean, and I'm a very firm believer of this, is supporting your local stores. 100%. Yes. You know, that, I know I try to do that. Whether it's me or it's the local feed store that's, you know, five or ten minutes down the road from me. Like, go and shop at your local stores because that's what's going to create revenue in your town and that's what's going to help, you know, your neighbor put food on his table to feed his kids. Like, that's – you have even if it's, a, if it's a little bit more money, you have to support your local shops. Yeah, and I mean, the reality is, okay, so even if your flash bread was a dollar more than Smart Pack, you're going to deliver it when you bring right. me a feed. You know, you're saving on shipping costs. Right. And you're – actually saving the environment a little yeah, bit too, right? right? Exactly. So I think that people need to think more about that for sure. Yeah. I know one of the hot topics right now too is the, the rising cost of feed. Yeah, talk about have, COVID in yeah, 2020. Yeah, you know, like definitely. What what's going on with that? Do you have any insight or... Um, so I think that this tends to happen frequently that when there's a cost in... Uh, there's a, a rise in cost of feed that... The first reaction is to get mad at the feed store. Yeah. Right. Or the feed rep. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not my fault. I'm not making any more right. money. <laughs> that they're getting mad at me or at my company because their feed went up. Well, I'm not raising the prices just because I feel like raising the prices. I'm raising the prices because 
I've had a price increase. And a lot of the time, especially during 2020, we try to absorb as as many uh, price increases as possible because that was a rough year for everybody. And a lot of people were staying home and, you know, income for a lot of different families and customers was a little unpredictable. Yeah, it was a little iffy. Um, and now that this has, you know, I hate the terminology of the new normal, but if this is what our new normal is becoming, people are going to start to see increases in prices. It's the same thing. You go to your nail salon, the manicure price has gone up because sanitizing costs alone, what we're paying to keep everybody safe. Grocery store. Grocery Have store. Have you been to there, the grocery store lately? I've I mean, like doubled my grocery I bill. Know. There's a price to pay for that, you know, and... I'm experiencing um, increases in my prices from every sector of my business. I mean, down to, you know, the the wages going up, insurance going up, fuel is at an all-time high, freight is at an all-time high, uh, with China buying all the corn. That's going to cause everything to go up. Then you add the cost of, I have all of my feed companies charging me more money. Unfortunately, think, there comes a point that has to get passed down to the customer. I, 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 I have to, you know, business has got to make money, you know, if you want me to now, be able to deliver it. Then. Some of the companies have gone up, we talked about like a dollar to like over $3 yeah. and people can, you can actually go to the Chicago Board of Trade. You can look at commodities right. and see the increase. I don't, I think a lot of people don't realize that, especially if you're, don't dabble in stocks of any way, shape, or form. But you can go and see that corn has gone up, and then corn brings soybeans. Those are things you can see. That's what your feed is made of. It's made of corn and soy and wheat and whey and all these alfalfa. All these things are going up. And then, like Lindsay said, I mean, you, we all go to the – well, I have the electric car, but the rest <laughs> of us go to the yeah, – um, okay. Yes, it's insane. Tolls. I mean, yeah. someone just told me the other day that the tolls on, like the, um, I think it's George Washington, they're all going up yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any shortages in in feeds? Like, um, so crops? right right now, there hasn't been anything crazy um, during 2020, especially in the beginning of COVID. There was like a little concern that there might be some shortages of stuff, especially with, you know, if they were like shutting the borders and stuff, but we didn't have anything too crazy. Um, this is already coming into not a good hay year. Um, so hay is always kind of gets to be a little bit of an iffy topic come this time of year. Um, right. Cause it wasn't a good year last year either. It was not. Mm-mm. And with COVID, a lot of the barns in the Northeast stayed where they were. So right. more horses eating hay decreases the supply and causes the trickle down effect of people have to pull hay from different, different places and regions and parts of the country or Canada. Um, a lot of our majority of our hay comes from Canada. It does. Mm-hmm. And you haven't had a problem getting it across the border with COVID? So far, no. I mean, our our vendors in Canada are are very, you know, good and they're good planners. So we, And you, you get your shavings from Canada too? So, no, our shavings come, we get shavings from Maryland. We get shavings from the Carolinas. Uh, we get shavings from Maine. Okay. Um, or we pull shavings from a few different parts of the country. 
we have like nine different kinds or ten different kinds of shaving, something crazy. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't even know there was that many different yeah. kinds. <laughs> well, there's a lot of horses with allergies now, yeah. so there's a lot of like hypogenic, uh, hypoallergenic shaving. I know there's like corn cob shavings now and cardboard shavings. Yeah, and there's a lot. Oh, do you carry all of that too? We have yeah. some. You have the hemp. We have, some. we have we have a customer. We have a few customers that have requested hemp bedding. Um, so we I think we have brought a little bit in for them. Okay. But that is insanely expensive. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh my goodness. Well, what's the benefit of it? In my personal opinion, I haven't really found there to be uh, that much of a benefit that outweighs the cost. Um, I don't love the look of it, so to me, that's kind of like an immediate turn off. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just. I personally like fluffy yeah. and like I want to be able to lay down in it. And you like the big flakes. I like big flakes and fluffy. What did the hemp smell like? I don't know because I've never s- smelt it up close. I just, it looks kind of like just unclean. Oh. So they actually grow a lot of hemp or they have, I think it's decreased now, but uh, Lindsay and I took a walk this morning over to the black dirt. Oh yeah. It's right down the road from my house and they actually grow a lot of hemp here or they had I think the market kind of fell out a little bit but wow. yeah so I do have a question for you what's the craziest story you have from owning like so that's anybody's asked you about feed or they feed their horse or what's the craziest story you have from the feed store uh so I would say that one of the crazier things and um I mean horse people are known for being we're notorious (laughs) we're notorious for being crazy um we're kind of a breed of our own so that's you know that's a little bit of a tricky question to answer but I would say that um we had a customer come in that uh he was having some blood work done on his horse and wanted my professional opinion about his horse's regular diet, which consisted of, um, besides feeding it two pounds of grain, AM and PM, was giving it a can of Coca-Cola and a Wonder Bread sandwich every day for lunch when he sat down to eat. Hmm. Sounds Uh, like my lunch. (laughs) Apparently the horse really loves it. So So who doesn't love, um, you know... I mean, everyone loves Coke and Wonder Bread. Bread. (laughs) The horse is from the 80s. So what was his reasoning for doing this? He's just, you know, living his best life. Yeah. I'm eating a salad, you know. um, (laughs) Was he watching, like, the Cosby show, too? Or what (laughs) Mr. Ed? Yeah, Yeah. seriously. Um, You know, and I'm curious to see, so I... I'm, hopefully the blood work will be back by the middle of next week because I'm very curious to see what this horse's blood work actually looks like because, <laughs> you know, it will probably be perfection. Yeah, and of course. clearly we're all doing <laughs> right. something yeah. wrong yes. here. Um, and wrong. all of us should be having Wonder Bread and Coca-Cola <laughs> for lunch. Um, not a racehorse, obviously. Definitely not. Definitely not uh, a racehorse. That no, he I think that would be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or an FBI horse. Yeah. 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 No, he's uh, he goes on trail rides. Oh, he is living his best life. He is. <laughs> he is. He is, yeah. So when he came in actually inquiring about treats, getting the horse some uh, lower-calorie, lower-carb treats, and that's how this whole conversation got started. And so when I suggested, you know, we have some sugar-free options and so on and so forth, and I, my horses also eat bananas. They love bananas. The horse also oh. loves bananas. Yeah. Um, and he was concerned about the sugar content in a banana. <laughs> so then I 
further questioned him on, you know, some of his daily habits of what the horse is eating and then he broke out the well I give my horse a can of Coca-Cola and Wonder Bread and I was like Edward, so he's all set the sugar yeah we're worried um, about a banana <laughs> I, I, I would he swap out the Coke I was going to say let's do the banana yeah. no Coke no Wonder Bread yeah, yeah. So, oh well that's, we'll that's see. crazy that crazy I'd probably live to be 50 <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah I mean you get asked some some strange questions although nothing seems to amaze me these days i mean i myself i mean when horse treats come in we all try them i've yeah. been known to try grain to see what it tastes like i mean i have a very picky horse so i've experimented myself um i mean a lot of people think i'm crazy sometimes you know at horse shows there's a full uh plastic bucket of molasses and applesauce and things to because it just just in case they go off their feet yep Oh yeah, yeah it makes it taste better. We put molasses in the water for the racehorses when they come off the track, yeah, to make them drink, yeah, and especially the young ones to get them in the habit mm-hmm. of wanting to drink as soon as they come off the track. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I have some horses that you put water in their feet, and they're like, uh, "Yeah, no, we're not, right. we're not going to do this." <laughs> um, and then I have some horses that will only eat their feed wet. So when I travel, and especially when we're showing, there's the little Mott's individual wrapped applesauce mm-hmm. containers. Um, it's like packing for toddlers. Yeah. yeah. Banana, your applesauce, your Coke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your exactly. Wonder Bread. Yeah. yeah. Uh, You're packing so, for a toddler. You know, but I mean, especially with these performance horses, like people... Yeah, people tend to think that you're crazy, but you're asking this horse to perform at its best. you got to give them what they need, you know? I mean, I've been known to try... I mean, Melinda's alpha ox, and it's, I think it's delicious. So. It's, I love the way it makes my car smell. Yeah. When I have bags I'm carrying around, it smells so good. Yeah. Have you guys seen the TikTok videos where people talk about all the things they've touched from horses and they're like probably ingested, like regimate or shots oh, yeah. or whatever? And then they're like, so you know what? I think you'll be okay either taking the COVID vaccine or yeah. having COVID or you might never get COVID. Yeah, have, yeah that's what... How many times I've come into contact with Pearson and DMSO, yes. I'm pretty sure if you put like a black light somewhere on my body, it's going to light up. I got... When I worked at the barn in Maryland, they were giving uh, strangles and the horse didn't want it in its nose and it flung and the strangles vaccine got in my eye. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, fine. So yeah. I don't... That was like years ago. I think I'll never get strangles, though. I think I'm good. I'm a firm believer. I really do think that horse people probably have the best immune system out of of, all the other people out there. I'll, like, groom my horse and then not wash my hands and eat a sandwich. (laughs) And then I think, like... Yeah, we're going to the grocery store sanitizing everything. Like, this is the cleanest my hands have ever been. When I go to the grocery store or shop, yet at the barn, it's like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, pick the stall. Like, I don't even think about it. I'm like, oh, I just did whatever, and I'm going to eat, and... Yeah, because horse dirt is totally acceptable. Yeah, yes, it's organic. Exactly. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. Lindsay, thank you so much. I'm so excited that you were yes. our first guest, having thank been having a me. business awesome. partner and a friend in all these yes. years. Thank you. So, I appreciate it. Jen and I always do a happy hack. Okay. So we we're hoping that maybe you could give us some insight to some of your happy hacks. Um. So, I am a sweater. And I, um, especially in the summer months, I have had struggles with um, getting a lot of pimples on my forehead from having my head in my helmet so much. So I have discovered uh, the panty liner trick of putting a panty liner inside the helmet where my forehead is and changing Hmm. it every time I ride. Oh, And it has completely stopped any 
acne or pimples on my forehead. And also absorbs the sweat. So if you have sunscreen on your face, the sweat doesn't go into your eyes. Oh, it's that's cheap. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's They're a great like, solution. What, a dollar yeah. for I like that. Yeah. Yeah. however many? Yeah. Also helps awesome. the helmet smell not so disgusting. Yeah. 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 It beats having to wash your liner. Yeah. 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 Oh, awesome. Thank you yeah. for that. Oh, that's no a good problem. one. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Well, Appreciate thank you for being here. Yeah. So I guess that wraps up this week's episode. So whoever needs to hear this, go ride your horse.